Hayoyim Yoyim Rishoyim Bashabos. It's Dal Kisif. We're supposed to learn Hayoyim Yoyim. But the deal is this. We learn my modern at Hashem's help Fridays. Sometimes the Maimah doesn't finish on Friday, so it spills over. For those who do not know, we have a Seder Be'ezer Hashem Yisbarach to learn every Maimah, every Friday a Maimah from the Rebbe. The idea is to finish it in one morning. If it doesn't happen, then we do it on Sunday, or sometimes on Thursday, whenever the opportunity arises. This week, there was, so we're learning the Maimorim of Tovshin Memvov, 1986. And Bashkoch Pratis, and I, and I value this Bashkoch I think it's very significant. We started this Seder of learning the Maimorim of the Rebbe, Yutus Kislev. This became our tradition. Yutus Kislev, we started a new year. So we did from Yutus Kislev to Yutus Kislev, old Maimorim of the Rebbe from 1988, Tovshin Memcha. Then we did from Yutus Kislev to Yutus Kislev, old Maimorim of the Rebbe from 1987, Tovshin Memzayin. And now we're doing Maimorim of Memvov. We have two Maimorim left. When we do these two Maimorim, we will, with Hashem's help, have learned all the Rebbe's Maimorim from Memvov, and we're going to start this Yutus Kislev, Memhei, but Be'ezer Hashem. Going backwards. So I had an extra week. So I had choices and I decided that this is what I'm planning to do, to learn the first Maimodim from the Rebbe on those extra weeks to go back to the very beginning. So we're learning a Maimod from Tov Shin Yud Beis. Last summer we did a couple of Maimod from Yud Aleph. I'd like to do this when we have extra weeks to go from the beginning. In other words, we're learning from both sides. From the end, Maimodim from the earlier years were much longer than the Maimodim from later years. And we learned Friday a Chayesora Maimed. There was no Toldus Maimed. We're learning a Chayesora Maimed because there was no Maimed of Toldus from Tavshin Yud uh, Beis. And it's one of the most Gishmake, and we, I guess you could say one of the most important Maimodim. It's a very basic Maimed. The Friedrich Rebbe has a whole Hemshech Maimodim from Tzadik Zayim, which is based on this. This Maimed, Bepashtas, is based on Ayin Tess from the Rebbe Nishma Sayyid. Tafresh Ayin Tess, the same Maimed. The Rebbe Shabbos version is more involved. If I'm not wrong, he goes to the whole business of Chushim. Which the Rebbe cuts out of this Maimed, but it's not very good, the same Maimed. And by the Rebbe Rashab, you have it in common places. You have it also in Hemshech Eter, the Zalbi in Yimariches. This is what I have. And it's really traceable back all the way to the Alter Rebbe. What makes this Maimed so extraordinary is that the Maimed talks about Inyan HaSimcha, joy. And it analyzes and develops the whole Inyan of Simcha in a very real and comprehensive way. You know, I deal with teenagers. Teenagers have an ability to sit in your class for five years in a row and tell you honestly, you never taught me anything. They'll start reading a psychology book or they'll join a program and they'll come back and say, oh, finally somebody is making sense. I had this situation with a Talmud of mine. He says he's learning all these ideas from psychology. How come they never taught him a chasidis? So I opened up this Maimed and I showed him that these in Yom written chasidis. So he learned through the Maimed. He says, Baba Mises. So then I sat down and I learned the Maimed with him. He said, Oh, what's ah? Oh? One line of a Maimed is a chapter in a book. This four pages is a whole book, or two books, or three books. But my modern chasidis has, you know, the Rebbe once told a younger man. There was a certain Lubavitcher younger man. I heard this Beshaita. I heard it when it happened. I heard a mamish a year or two after the event occurred. Now someone's going to tell you, maybe you made it up. Someone accused me of making up stories. I said, I heard this story when it happened. What's your source? What am I supposed to tell you? It was a Chassidish younger man, a very special person, who had a Yerida. He fell. Whatever the reasons, he went, he went through a difficult period. Today he's 
a big important Lubavitcher, but he went through a period when he was an Ayurida. He went into the Rebbe in a jacket. He went to Yechidus, not a kapote, because he didn't want to lie to the Rebbe. He had very special Yechidus. And again, I heard this when I was in Yeshiva, which was maybe a year or even less after the Yechidus took place. And the Rebbe told him two statements that I heard then. A younger man we did, he was reading philosophy. He was reading philosophy. A younger man we did, a a young man like you should be learning Hasidus all day long. There was one comment. And the second comment was, Every philosophy and every psychology is found in Hasidus. No, but then it's concentrated. And you know what else? It's said without ego. And when something is said without ego, you sometimes don't even hear it. Not only you don't hear the one who's saying it, that's obvious, you don't hear the one who's saying it, but sometimes it's said so benignly, so neutrally, you don't even sense what you're hearing. It's just four pages. Four pages. How much is four pages? This is a dissertation on joy. These four pages you could write a book on and make a bestseller and make a lot of money. Because it's very concise, very concentrated, but it is comprehensive. It is the essay on Simcha. And as I mentioned to you the other day, this originally is a Maimir of the Rebbe and the Teire. And every Rebbe said this idea again and again and again in the same form, in the same structure you have it here. Some of the Maimorim begin not with the Chavah but in the Teire it begins, Tachas HaShaleya Vanatazavayu Lekecha Basimcha Of Tuvalevav Merev Keel. It is the discussion on joy. It's so simple. If you look on top of your page, Kuf I divided it up into four points. This, the, the whole thing we're going to be learning this morning is four points. Now, I want to tell you like this. Friday, we learned the beginning of the Maimon and the end of the Maimon. And we learned about Chava and Noyach and Soda. And we encountered a fantastic concept. And I want to share this with you. And again, our Maimah doesn't give you all of the Oasis, our Maimah gives you some of the Oasis. What we learned on Friday was that there is two ideas. One idea is called the Murgash, and the second idea is called Bilti Murgash. One is called felt and one is called not felt. Which is higher? Bilti Murgash. When you do good and don't feel yourself, that's a lot higher when you do good and you do feel yourself. In fact, it says in the Maimah, the beginning of all klipa is knowing that you're doing good. It says in Hasidus that Atzilus has a klipa. Atzilus. Has a klipa. But the klipa of Atzilus is not comfortable in Atzilus, so he sneaks into Bria. But there's a klipa against Atzilus. What is the klipa of Atzilus? Reuma. Ufilak Reuma. Reuma is Reuma Zebitl. See, I'm bottled to the Abishnah. Reu, see, ma, I'm bottled to the That's the whole clip. Being aware of Bitl, not being aware that I'm smart or that I'm kind. Being aware that I'm broken and humble before God is the beginning of not being bottled. And ultimately it trickles down to Rebish Tashlus into the great evils that we know in this world. So feeling self in Avadis Hashem is the beginning of a big nefil and a big elite to the lowest madregis. Now don't kid yourself. All of us live in the world of Murgash. Built in Murgash is a madrega for very, very big tzaddikim. There's a lotion for tzemach tzedek. Somebody once asked the tzemach tzedek what Moshe Rabbeinu doing when the Yamsuf split. What did Moshe Rabbeinu do when the sea split at the Yamsuf? 
But the Geentfet that is given Kalten Brand. He was hot ice, cold fire. The Meshulavena stood like a stop, a marble statue, no demonstration at all, and inside was Yukadesh, was flam fire. Said In other words, on the outside you saw nothing. And inside there was such an intensity. That's called Bilti Morgish. Serving Hashem with such fluidity, with such smoothness with such lack of static, with such efficiency, that there's no awareness, right? You have an electrical wire, and you have electricity running through it. What will determine whether the wire will be hot or cold? Two things. Number one, if there's too much current. And number two, what the wire is made of. Some material, some metals conduct electricity, but not very well. So they create what's called friction. Friction means that the electricity, as it runs through the wire, is being wasted. You put 100% of electricity into the wire at one end. When it reaches your house, you have only 97% left, or 95% left, or 85% left, depending on the wires. You have better wires, for example, copper wires. You have much greater efficiency. Even better wires, for example, silver wires. You have even greater efficiency. You have even better wires, for example, wires made of gold or platinum. You have even greater efficiency. Now they make wires from glass, fiber optics, because they're very, very efficient. And the more efficient the wire is, the more electricity which left the transformer reaches your home. It's not wasted in the process. The slightest heat loss as the electricity travels from your house, from the the transformer to your house, means you're not getting 100% efficiency. That's murgash. The electricity is not pure electric. Electricity is an energy, but it's only expended when it's translated into an alternative form, heat or motion. But electricity can go and go and go and go like the sun's light. There's nothing to stop it from going and going and going and going until it's translated into another form and then it stops being energy. So when you have a system which is perfectly efficient, it's not even functioning as it's electricity and it's completely dis- it's just going and it's not being translated into a usable form There's no, it's not being wasted so it's not even being used it's like as if it's not there when it changes into heat or to some other form of energy now you're using it up and now you feel it so there's an Avedis Hashem where the Yevishtah's presence travels through a Yid it's such a measure of efficiency that it's like the Yid is not a Metzius that's called building Murgish no awareness of self this was the Madreg of Adam and Chava before the original sin and this was the Indian of Adam Marish. But then there's something called Murgash. That in order to serve the Abishta, you must fill yourself. And that's us. If we wanted to serve Hashem coldly, without any feeling, we would spiritually be unalive. We must have feeling. And forget, by us, passion is an advantage. If there's a this, a person who insists on being dispassionate because he's a big intellectual is an Amalek. Now that passion is inefficient. We're wasting energy. Watch a 16-year-old learn. And watch a 36-year-old learn. The 16-year-old is wasting so much energy, but you know what else? <laughs> He's got a lot more energy to waste. The 36-year-old sits through He sits in one place and he talks. He listens to his chavrusa instead of shouts at him. He talks to his chavrusa and waits for his chavrusa to respond. When you're 16, you have to learn how to learn. And part of learning how to learn is learning how to deal with your ego and Yechavuz's ego. It's like pounding heads. It's very inefficient. And the process of growing up is learning how to waste 
less energy and to use the energy in a more productive way. But if you don't waste energy, energy there's no relationship. You can have a chavit. If you're afraid of being insulted or you're afraid of insulting somebody else, you can't have a chavrusa. You can't have a chavrusa, you're missing a great quality of limud, which is called dibuk chaved and pilpulat talmidim, that interaction. So we are creatures of passion. We're creatures of self awareness. We're not other Marishan Kedamachet. We're us. That murgash means that our is with passion. Take away that passion, we're not alive. What about that passion? There is no such thing as passion which is exact. There's no such thing as a person serving Hashem in a demonstratively emotional way that there shouldn't be a waste of energy. It shouldn't be wa- some of it is wasted. And more than some of it is wasteful, some of it is used inappropriately. The simplest example for this is what we call a zealot. A person who's very passionate about Avedis Hashem burns the people around him. You're next to a very intense person, you get uncomfortable. What's his fault? All he's doing is being intense. But that's just the reality of the situation. If you're very intense, and your intensity is not with maximum efficiency, but there's some heat loss, some of the energy is not fully focused and is lost in the transition, it burns your neighbor. This is called murgash. And to say it in other words, murgash is a necessary evil. We'd all be better off if we could serve Hashem with total dispassion, like the Rebbe. Remember the Rebbe davening, yeah? Shah still. We need passion. We take away from us passion, taking from us away from Aveda. But that Murgash is inefficient. And therefore, it needs a Shemitah. It needs to be guarded. If a person is in the Madrig of all the Marishan Kedem Achet, we serve Hashem without any emotional, demonstrative passion and emotion. There's nothing to fear. There's a fluidity. There's a maximum efficiency. There's a focus. That means he could be involved in serving the Abish at the deepest levels and he bothers nobody around him. If you serve Hashem with Murgash, which is the level we're all on, there is going to be uh, an effect which is inexact and you have to guard it. You have to guard it against hurting somebody else. And you even have to guard it against it misleading you. Our own passions. We start out with passions of Avedis Hashem, and we end up with passions of who knows what. And this is what this Maimah discusses. That Chava, Neach, and Sora were given the task to figure out how to serve Hashem with passion. And yet, the passion should not go away in, an, in, the, in, in the destructive way. To create the Shemitah, or the Bittl, that there should be passion, Murgash, and to go to a desirable place, not to an undesirable place. Avraham and all the Marishan, their union was built in Murgash, without passion. And Sada had the task of serving Hashem with passion. And anytime you serve with passion, it's like the wire that some of the energy is being changed into heat. It's inefficient. And this is the way it has to be. And you have to make a shmira that although there is this chasadid, it should be guarded against going away to a not correct place and it should actually be made whole in terms of Avedis Hashem. This is the job of Chava, Nayach, and Sada. Chava failed. Nayach tried to fix it using the bittle of the Mayach and he failed. So Sada tried to fix it using the bittle of Kabbalah sale and she succeeded and the reason she succeeded is because she was linked to her husband Avraham Avinu whose Indian was built in Murgish this is a review far longer than it should have taken of what we learned on Friday and we skipped the middle of the Maimah 
in the middle of the Bible explored this saying when it comes to joy. He talks about how important joy is. He speaks where joy comes from. And he discusses the risks of joy. The risks of being too effervescent, too overflowing, too bubbly, too demonstrative in terms of your joy. So we're going to now learn the middle of the Bible. And I'd like to stick to the middle of the Bible. In other words, the beginning and the end, which I told you until this point, is at rest. The Chayisara we did Friday. Now we're going to learn beginning with Siv Beis, Kuf Samachdala. Please follow me inside. Let's preface. Mashekosov, which has in Pasuk, Ivdu es Havaye Besimcha. A yid has to serve the Abishtir with joy. In other words, Shavayas Havaye Tzadachlias Mitoich, Simcha Dafka. You want to serve God, you need joy. Va'ad, moreover, not only is joy a good idea, She'inyan Asimcha, Me'ikri Abayya Joy, one of the core aspects of the Bible. As the Rambam writes, Rabbi Yisai, Rambam writes, that if a person serves Hashem and lacks joy, all of the Avaid is nothing, but there must be joy in Avaid. The Rambam calls joy Avaid of Yudayla, a great service, a very basic and important and serious service. And the Raya for this is Bashakot, which is the Pasuk in Pashaski Sove, which is, of course, the Techocho, the rebuke. When a yid fails to serve Hashem with joy and gladness of heart, you'll serve your enemy. And what's the poshta pshat in this person? When you didn't serve Hashem with joy and gladness of heart, when you were blessed, so now you're going to be Rahman Litzlan, the opposite of blessing. But some Sfarim explain, and for some reason, and I'll never know why, the Rambam is the one who said it first, and yet you look at footnote 18. He brings Arizal and Charedim and Shalom and Tanya and doesn't bring the Rambam. I think there's a order from the Rebbe and Rambam in Tanya Perichalov. Why? The Rambam said it first. We're not talking about a person who's doing Avedis. He's doing all mitzvahs. But he's doing it without joy. For that alone. That's Sharf. We're not talking that a person had all the good in the world and he sinned. No. A person all the good in the world. And he served Hashem. But there was no simcha shel mitzvah. There was no joy of avoid of avad sevech. Claim it. Sha'af shaha yo'inyun avoid avoid of b'shleim when he served Hashem and served Hashem peacefully, holy, perfectly. They come again nevertheless. Kivan sha'avoid ahoysa b'li simcha. His service lacked joy. Lachain magia azeha oinish. Simply being unjoyous or non-joyous and avoid of Hashem brings about a oinish, which means a punishment in English to avavad sevech. I don't understand. It was all perfect, whole, and peaceful. He was lacking. One thing, no joy. Lacking joy. I could accept. Could diminish one's reward. Punishment? Why? But the fact of the matter is, as they state in Pasuk, that serving Hashem but without joy brings on a punishment is a raya. Joy is a core aspect of Avedis Hashem. But thus lacking joy. As if he didn't serve the at all. This is the reason for the punishment. And he brings you a raya. All the holy levels of Asavid Arizal reached. It says in Kisve Arizal that Arizal reached all of his Madregis through Simcha. Right? What does it say about the Balshemtiv? 
Anybody know? How did the Bashamta reach all of his Madregis? Anybody know? Meirev Tvilis. Bashamta for Tavilin Zachamikva Hundetemo. And isn't it ironic that in Chabad Chasidis, we're not into Rev Tvilis, we're into Simcha Shal Mitzvah. It's really interesting. Chasidis Chabad is focused on the Arizal's method. You want to be close to God, be joyous. In other Chasidis and Mikveh, is Tavilis a much bigger place than Chabad? This table, not just every day, but they get Tavil 310 times. Do this. You know, they don't want to put your head up on 900 times, you get dizzy, you'll fast up. Put down 300. I'm sure the numbers of Tvilis. There never was such a thing. By the Balshemtiv, Mikla was everything. By the Arizal, Simcha was everything. It's interesting that in Chabad we're following the Arizal. In this Prat, and this Kama, other things like this, that the Ikirin, you want to be close to God, be joyous. Simcha. It's a Gavaldi Kakash. How could the Pasuk say that serving Hashem, learning to do mitzvahs, and simply lacking joy brings you a punishment that doesn't stand reasonable? And the Tedits. Well, be it in Tedits as follows. What's the purpose of creation? The Ibisha has a desire to have for himself Dira, a home at Achterim in the lowest levels. It says that the Indian had Dira. What does it mean, a home? Or to bring down the so called essence of the Ibisha's Ain Sof into this world. Now, how are you, Mam Shech Atzmus? To Tainimitzis? You learn Taita and you say it with your mouth, tiny pedagogue. You do mitzvahs with your physical body, using physical things, you're bringing God to the physical world, right? But what do you see in the physical world by doing physical Taita mitzvahs? What's the answer? Nothing. When you take a physical piece, of t- you get a Kedish from the other day, you take the chitas, the last two, three days, you take leather, you make it into tefillin. So the tefillin now holy, what do you see? You see boxes. I remember I said, to him, I came to a hospital. And there was a black guy who wanted, I should say, a prayer with him. So I said, I pray with him. No, Rabbi, I want the blacks. <laughs> I want the blacks. He saw I put on film. I want the blacks. He wanted the blacks. Let me tell him. I couldn't put the blacks on him. I said a prayer. <laughs> a friend of mine, he's such a character. He's a big shliach. He's a chevroman with a great sense of humor. He spoke to 300 galochim. And they asked him to say a tefillah. So you know what he did? He said a First of all, it's a symptom of his sense of humor. You know what else? He couldn't have picked a better tefillah. Ashayotza is so beautiful. Whoever pays attention to Ashayotza? Ashayotza, the Zalbazach, Ayyid V'Agoy. Ashayotza is about the Abish to creating such a beautiful nature. His wife said, she stood there, she said, hang out in Falach and she thought she would explode. 300 clergy, and they asked her, this is, if you know my friend, this is, it was very funny, but it was also correct. It was also It was a very good choice. Anyway, but he, I wasn't going to give him the blocks, you know, and I wasn't smart enough to say Hashayotzer. But okay, when you do it, what happens when you take a physical thing and do a mitzvah? Nothing happens. How do you make that the abish that you reveal into a physical mitzvah should be seen in the world? Says the Rebbe, he ayadei simcha, you reveal godliness, the atmos of the Eivishter, which is brought about to tell you the mitzvahs are revealed through Simcha Shal Mitzvah. There are my modern that explain that when Mashiach comes, we will see the godliness of our Teir mitzvahs that we're doing now. But now we cannot see it unless we have Simcha. My modern say a true joy of Yiddishkeit, it's not just a human joy, it's a joy of the mitzvah itself. And that's how you reveal the Eivishter in this world now, even before Mashiach comes. 
says the Rebbe, it's not accomplished through kavona. Intellectual kavona in a mitzvah also reveals something in this world, but not the godliness, something much more limited. Your, your meditation in a mitzvah brings to you only it's your godliness. You can only bring God as you understand. You want to bring the image to the world in a revealed way and use your mind. Your mind only can grasp God as much as it can hold. But do you know why joy is so important? Because joy shows what you're accomplishing in this world. And if you learn Tayyidah Mitzvah without joy, you accomplish your goal. One thing, and none of it is seen in this world. To say it in other words, when you learn Tayyidah and do Mitzvahs without joy, you're serving yourself and your purpose. You're getting closer to the Abishtim. But you're not serving the Abishtim and his purpose, you're not changing the world. And that's why it says Magiyah Ha'inish. Joy reveals the Abishtim. Yiddishkeit creates the Abishtim. Joy demonstrates it. And to say it more... Imply, applied, it makes the Abishta contagious. Somebody sees your Yiddishkeit and your Simchashal Mitzvah, he wants to be a Yid as well. That's part of the effect. And it's not accomplished through meditation, through understanding the meaning of Yiddishkeit and the Abishta, but through the joy of Eloquus. And the Rebbe continues and he says, The example is when a person dams. The most basic service. And I were on the margin. Is lace pulchan a kapulchan de berchidusa? David is considered the ideal service of the Eibushter. When you David, there's two aspects. Number one is bonanus havana vasagabalakus. There is the meditation. There's the kavana of davening. And number two vatayleg zimachabalakus. And there's the experience Eibushter himself. When you daven, you think and you meditate. That's using your mind, but you also delight. And the delight is the Eibushter himself. And the Rebbe says hinei havana vasagabalakus kli. The meditation, the understanding is only an intermediate. La simcha to the joy and the delight which is going to follow. Shazahu. But the ikir of davening is to enjoy and to delight and the avishter ikir ha'avayda the tefillah, the primary purpose of davening. And the Rebbe explains at length, at length in this entire paragraph, why this is. And in short, the Rebbe says that when you talk about limited things, so if they're limited on the higher level, as they go lower, they become more and more limited. When you talk about infinite things, it doesn't matter where they go, they remain exactly the same. Understanding and feeling the Abishtad is a limited thing in the outset, from the outset. And therefore, no matter how many levels and layers you're going to go down, it's always going to be limited. So when you're learning Tayyip the Davening, yeah, with an intellectual kavana, that intellectual kavana is going to be limited. The biggest genius with the greatest mind, his intellectual kavana is going to be limited. But the joy of prayer, the feeling of Abishtad of prayer, since that comes from its root, from an Ein Sof, even as a small person, you experience it in a small way, it's still Ein Sof. He brings the Kabbalah expression, which is discussion in Hasidus. So the Rebbe says, when you daven, you're saying words. When we daven, we hope, as I love to tell people, we too are paying attention, not just God. When we daven and pay attention, we know what we're saying. But in addition to knowing what we're saying, and know what we're meaning, there is the energy of the davening itself, the joy, the delight, the reward of davening is not that the Abishtah is going to give me what I ask, but that I feel connected to the Abishtah. That's an infinity. And that's joy. So just like we understand in davening, the davening is a meditation. Davening is even a feeling in the heart. But the meditation and the feeling 
come from levels of the neshama called midah, measured, limited, and therefore their expression is also finite. But the joy of prayer, this is an expression of the infinity of the neshama, the same is true in all of Yiddishkeit. You do Judaism, you bring the Abish into this world, and nobody knows it. Knows it. You do Judaism with a meditation, you bring the Abish into this world, and they know it in a measured way. You do Judaism with Asimcha, you're now revealing the infinity of the Abish in this world. And if you fail to do it, you're serving yourself and not serving the Abish. Come on, and that's why it says what it says in the Tehra. So joy is, from a religious perspective, pretty important. There's nothing psychological about it. This is Yiddish. They're not saying be happy so that uh, you have a meaningful life. Be happy so you'll save money on mental health professionals and on medications to alter your mood and uh, whatever. You'll be six. Be happy to serve the Eibishter. And you have the infinity of the Eibishter in a revealed way in the joy of Judaism. Not in Judaism itself. In Judaism itself you have the infinity. But the experience of infinity is in the joy. Simcha shal And this says me. <laughs> From the Sikhs of course that in Chabad why was there such a shturm about Simcha? The Baal Shemta, by the way, was also into Simcha. But the Baal Shemta's Asagas came through Mikvah. Because that is al-hel. This is al-Lashen. You see this. Ma'oid, ma'oid, hirchiku, chachma, he'emes, midas ha'atzvah. This is al-Lashen someplace. That the Mekubalim hated sadness. They hated depression. They hated melancholy. Because to them, there is nothing that is deichad agla shechina more, that pushes the shechina away more than depression. For reasons you're going to see in a moment. But joy... You want God be joyous. This is how the Arizal lived. This is how the Arizal lived. All the levels that he reached. And this is why see the Simcha is such a big deal. Questions or comments? How does one know that he's not fooling himself that he's the Simcha? Keep fooling yourself. Of Allah Yidin Yedagavad. There could be no greater bluff than that. Their bluff is mutter. All other bluffs stutterished. Next Sif. Parim of page Kuf Samachay Gimel. Vihine. Now here we get psychological. And this psychology is so real that you can't hide. You want joy? Be humble. Now bitl doesn't mean shattered like a broken vessel. Shattered like a broken vessel is not humble, it's broken. And like the Rebbe explained in so many sikhs, an empty vessel you can fill, a broken vessel is garbage. We're not talking here about breaking vessels, we're talking here about emptying vessels. Humility, bitter. And the Rebbe explains. There's a pasuk that says, that humble ones are included in the Rebbe, simcha through joy. In other words, through humility, one reaches and touches joy. As the Friedrich Rebbe explains, there's a whole Hemshech. He explains with a question. The question is, Looking at it on the surface, humility and joy are very opposite. Why? Humility seems to be a motion, a movement of suppression, of fakvechkeit. Joy seems to be a motion of expansion and breath. How can you say through humility a person reaches joy? In other words, the old expression: if a person walks like a shlepet, and if a person is very free and happy and open, eh, what a big shot! And in reality, the exact opposite is the truth. Frequently, that shlepet is so busy with himself. 
that he can't even move. And a person who's free, and the sign of freedom, by the way, doesn't mean you're open and free, that there's space for other people in your space, that's the humble person. Looks are deceiving. Joy isn't measured, I'm sorry, piety isn't measured, humility isn't measured in how fachmaret you are, how preoccupied with yourself you are, but how unpreoccupied with yourself you are. That's what a happy person is. He's not busy with himself. And that's what a depressed person is. He only thinks about it as himself. So that fachmaret kai, that preoccupation with self is not humility. It's, it's as the chassidim say, eshtinkt. It's unpleasant. And there's nothing humble about it. So the Rebbe explains who the teretzes. Humility does not mean brokenness. That comes from self-effacement. A person says, I'm terrible. I tell this to you a thousand times, yeah? If a person comes to you and tells you, I'm terrible, or I'm perfect, he's a liar. Nobody is terrible, nobody's perfect. Everybody has redeeming aspects, nobody's perfect. But it's very uncomfortable to be in the middle. Why? Because if I'm terrible, I can write myself off and go back to sleep. If I'm perfect, I'm sitting on a pedestal and I can continue sleeping. But if I'm someplace in the middle, that means I have some value. It also means I have to increase my value. Now i got to work. I'm lazy. But that's what people do. People have a tendency to take an extreme. Either great or garbage. Das Enishtemis or Das Enishtemis. That's called shitless. It's dishonest. The famous ayam yam, as you know your own fault, you must know your own strengths, otherwise it's not honest. Zakhtar Elanovahi, what is humility? Mitat heder hergesh atzme. It's not that you don't know, you're mindless, but that you're not full of yourself. You're not busy feeling yourself. Dagam sheyedeya mindless atzme, you know your strengths. But any mechashev atzme, the Matthias, you don't focus on you as a separate entity. Because the person knows whatever attribute he may possess are not his own. Because what is it? The Abish that gave it to you. And when you realize that the Abish gave you your Milas, you know your Milas. But you're not busy with you. You're busy with the Abish and your Kavana. The Rebbe gives Koyches Tachsidim, you know? This Chosset gets this Koyach, and this Chosset gets different Koyach. And if you don't use it, it takes it away from you. The middle Rebbe had, the Rebbe had Chassidim who went to Rabbi Nostrashele. And the middle Rebbe, Rebbe was very upset. And the middle Rebbe told him, the Tata mine and my father made you into giants. And I'm going to take it all away from you. There was a Chassidim, a Chassidim, a Droya. From G'dayli Chassidim, Mamish. From the Mamish, the Groys of He was by the Rabbi Nostrashele. And the middle Rebbe was Makpid. And he lost all of his Meichen. And he used to run in the streets and scream, Vu is Chacha. Where he, he lost... He had Moidunik and Koiches, who was a big Baal Madrega, but he got these Koiches from his Rebbe. We all get our Koiches from the Ebishter. When you see your Koiches as your own, that's not Anova. When you see your Koiches as the Ebishter, that is Anova, because then you're not busy with you, you're busy with your purpose. And he gives two examples. The first example is Amuna, and Amuna, we have Mavram Avinu. The second example is Ahava. And Ava, we have my mean, A person realizes he believes in God. And he loves God. He says, What's to be proud of? I was born a Jew. Six lines into the page. This is the famous quote that we all have Rabbeinu. It's in this moment. The man was most humble. from all people. And by the way, in the Maimorim, it brings over here in this moment. That he was humble, especially 
Remember that? This is He saw all generations, still the generation of Mashiach. And he saw the Aliyevich of the Amaligim and the Mesidus Nefesh. He said, I'm humble, Gabi, those Jews. Moshe Rabbeinu was Chachmad Atzilus. And what are we? Better not discuss it. He knew who he was. He was still humble. Because he understood. First of all, his milas are not his toil. The Abish that gave it to him. If somebody else was given his milas, he would be as great as Meshach Rabbeinu. Maybe he would have done it even better. So humility is not dishonesty. Humility is context. What's the context? And when a person has that, to use the correct psychological term, he's free. One of the greatest prisons a person can be in, and one of the most difficult prisons a person can to redeem himself from is the prison of self-absorption. Of self-absorption, preoccupation with self. And self-absorption comes from self-consciousness, from a lot of healthy ego, and self-absorption comes from the believing, forgive me for using simple words, I'm God. It's a lot of stress to be I'm God. You know why? Because it's hard to sustain. So how do you stay God when you're not God? You make sure everybody else is less than you. That's it. If you can't be God, make sure everybody else is less of a God than you are. It's another form. That's what an ego is. That's why arrogant people have to condescend and create walls around themselves. They're not because they're bad. It's self-preservation. And the root of it is that they're forgetting that there's a boss. And when we have the Abishtid as the center of our lives, we don't become smaller. But we don't have to be responsible. The Abishtid is responsible. We have to do our shtikile. And then you're free. And there's incredible joy in that. You'll have to wait a minute. This humility is a vessel for joy. Right? Because when is a person happy? A person is happy when you give him something he hasn't earned and he appreciates it. People are happy when you give them something and he appreciates it. If he has to work for it, the joy isn't there because he worked very hard. If he hasn't worked for it and he doesn't appreciate it, he's not going to be joyous. Why? Because he is bluntly a spoiled brat but if you give somebody something they haven't earned for and he has enough seichel to say thank you and to rejoice in it that's joy okay you get a gift great wealth the only we didn't work a person who's busy all day with himself whatever you're going to give him is not going to be enough because whatever he has, he deserves it. In Yiddish. It's coming to him. And especially if he has this high opinion of self and he is lacking something. He goes into a depression. I deserve. However, seven lines from the end of the paragraph and Kuf humility. He knows who he is. He has a state of bittel. But Yadi, because he knows. His miles come from God Almighty. He had these strengths given to a fellow. He'll be even better than he is himself. 
says that about Zai Hasim Chatzlei B'Shleimus. The joy by this person. You know when it says in the Mishnah. That's true. Absolutely true. And if we could only acknowledge it and aspire to it, we'll be happy people. Who is happier than a person who has now needs? Not because there's no lacks, but because there's no needs. And who was less happy than a person who has everything and he always needs something more? Especially something more is what his neighbor has. There's a good reason why Laisachmad is one of the Atzeres Adibris. Do not covet. It's one of the Ten Commandments. What's the big deal? What's wrong with jealousy? Hakino A jealous person, a lustful person, and a person who seeks artificial honor is not being taken out of the world. He's dead the day he's born. He has no life. A person has to get over himself and live. And you get over yourself and live when you have the Eibishter in your life and you say, I thank God for what I have and I'm very satisfied and happy. That's joy. So the Rebbe says, joy makes a direbe Without joy, you have kach v'kach. And joy is rooted in humility. What is humility? Get over yourself. Be'emes. Great advice. Three lines from the bottom. V'ganim chosalei is a David if he's lacking something. Ein zegeidim la'atzvah does not depress him. Because this person is not in a state of mind, he deserves more. To the contrary, what he has already, he's undeserving, and therefore he rejoices in what he has. So we have point B. What does point B? That you want real joy, have humility. Humility is the key to success. You want to grow? Be humble. In the world, you want to grow? Compete. And Teda agrees with competition, by the way. What's the difference between competition and jealous competition? Competition means I'm excelling against my own potential. Jealous competition means I'm excelling against your potential. And the moment I'm better than you, I stop working. That's a disease. That's a sickness. A happy, free person also competes, but he competes in such a way that if he loses, he laughs. An unhealthy person competes even when he wins, he cries. So the first point is joy, and the second point is humility. But now we get to the third point. And the third point is that joy needs shmita. Joy needs guarding. Why does joy need guarding? Because our joy is not uh, 100% efficient. Our joy has aspects that are inexact. It's effervescent, it bubbles, it overflows. And the joy can bring to hurting somebody else. The joy can bring us into a light-headed state. Because if I said before, we serve Hashem bimur gash with passion. Serving Hashem with passion is considered a deficiency of flaw. But in our world, we must have this flaw. Because if we don't feel, we're not alive. But when we do feel, the nature of those feelings has aspects that are inexact. So there's another reason for the humility. That when you're joyous, and you're joyous in an effervescent, and overflowing way, it shouldn't lead us into hurting somebody else or lead us into hurting ourselves. And now comes point three, the bottom of page, Kuf Samach Vov. This bitl, and humility, which is the basis for joy. has to influence. That the joy one experiences, the simcha lekis is a godly joy, and that it should be without feeling yourself. When you're joyous and you're bubbly and you're pronounced, 
you feel your joy and your delight. It's not the joy itself. It's the momentum of Aispashtus, of the expansiveness. If you do what we know, Simcha breaches boundaries. It's conceivable you start out happy and you end up hyper. will have a negative ill effect at the end. If at the end there may be a Yenika, even when the joy is a holy joy, it's not ideal. And he brings you what I told you in the introduction. Now, Chasidus explains on the post that the Uma is ACS, the Uma, see Bittel. Shemayat Bachin is Bittel, Kufsamachvain on top, it's a state of Bittel. Ma, ma means bittel. Harei bittel at me b'morgesh. You're bottled to the Eibushter and you know it. Parenthesis, me can unvisen them bittel. The guy is bottled and you see it. Shazeu reu mar ushani bottle. Says the Rebbe, who we in klipas neged atzilus. It's the klip of atzilus. Now we all wish we had the klip of atzilus. We got the klip of of ikvesed the ikvesed the meshicha in elam azeh hagash mi vachumri tachte and chain tachte lamata imenu. As you can show him, and on and on. We live in a pretty rotten world from a spiritual perspective. Yeah. But the beginning of all of this is that in Atsilas, there's a being that's bottled and noticed. Like I told you the story on Friday, he's jumping up and down on the table. And as soon as Isaac Humbler realizes that he realized that he's standing on the table, he says, Arka, Arka, Kriharapfantishker off the table. Because the moment you're serving Hashem and you're aware of yourself, you're serving yourself. V'cheinu five lines in the top, v'cheinu b'nyin ha-simcha, the same is true of joy. K'shekashar ha-simcha y'b'murgash, when you're joyous in a passionate, in a demonstrative way, or the efshet, it's conceivable, sh'yeitzeh mezad, that it should result ultimately in, inyin shal ragom, an absolute evil. Like people, who are bad people, but usually it's contained, when they become happy, and they become comfortable, and they start showing, you see all their ugliness. And therefore, says the Rebbe, three lines at the end of the paragraph. You want to have proper joy, it has to be bitl. should be joyous and not feel it. Now, how many people do you know who are effervescent and joyous and don't feel it? Says the Rebbe, Sif Dalek. You know when it was possible to be joyous and not feel it at all? This is how the world was. The eighth one shall elam amelua in nibud. The world is perfect. In other words, shavedet tzadachlias besimcha lekus. Should we have a godly joy? Believe hergesh atzma without feeling yourself. Vehuinyan ashayach akolachav. Every person could have done this. Says the rabbi shekiven sheein zein shall hider or create a bezam elmikir avoda. But you know when that was? Until Adam and Chava ate from the eight sadas tevara. Period. So everyone is exactly a man and a woman. Before the original sin, what they call in medical health, baseline with built-in murgish. Baseline, I'm serving the Avish, I'm not feeling myself. So then, the bittle quieted the joy. But that's a long time ago, and great people, we're now, I'm a small people. Continues the Rebbe, and he says, Currently, after the original sin. Reality is that our joy is bubbly and overflowing. And I got a secret for you. It better be murgish. What's going to happen if our joy has no murgish? It will not be. Period. 
So we have to serve Hashem passion. And passion is a necessary evil. Because a passion makes us feel the Abishtim, but it invariably and inevitably makes us feel ourselves. You can't have one without the other. And the Rebbe goes into Chatei Tzadahas. And the Rebbe develops the original sin, Bekitz and Imran, and explains a very interesting idea. Adam and Chava lived in a static-free world, in a maximally efficient world. Adam and Chava lived in a world where godliness penetrated through them like a wire of gold, or a wire of platinum, or a wire of glass, fiber optics. So the same energy that went in came out with zero heat loss. So the baseline was Murgish. But they sinned. What does the sin prove? The sin proves that before they sinned, the possibility for sin existed. Because before they sinned, the possibility for sin had not existed. They couldn't have sinned. Okay? Kumta is Adam and Chava before the original sin. And the way the Maimed developed it, Chava as she was separate from Adam, Bidakom in Adake, the aid us the way, even though she was living what looked like a frictionless world, had the tiniest measure of inexactitude, of inefficiency, of murgash, of friction, that allowed her to contemplate eating from the Eitz Adas Teivara, which is the tree of passion. Once she ate it and fed it to her husband, the whole world fell into that state. So before Eitz Adas, baseline was built in murgash, that was normal. Now it's only for the biggest Sadiqim. So we begin reading. Five lines from the bottom of the page, please. Kuf Samach Zayin. This teaches us after the original sin of eating from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. When a yid serves the Ebesh to enjoy, it can be passionate. And I must add, not only it can be, it better be. No passion, no avoid. Since one's avoid is passionate, you can have a negative ill effect. So the Rebbe says very radical words. Now I always think of these words are only radical because we've been radicalized. The Rebbe is about to state common sense which is completely not accepted in today's Lubavitch. It's Maimed is 60 years old. Lachain, therefore, Iefshed, it's impossible. Shatihi Yavayda Besimcha, Dashabid Yavayda Besimcha, Eitzel Kolachad Vechad The average Jew cannot afford to be joyous. Because of the dangerous side effects. Not every brain can tolerate this. You should have divine joy. And it should be without feeling yourself. Sound unfamiliar? Good. Sound familiar? Oh my gosh. Only tzaddik. The rest of us, who are not tzaddik. Our joy can only be on the outside, inside. If to see fear and acceptance of the yoke, that the joy is but other with trepidation. The question is, how can you have joy and trepidation at the same time? How could you be in a state of awe and a state of joy at the same time? So he brings a famous marshal, a slave. A slave belongs to his master. What that means? A slave belongs to his master. He belongs to his master like his chickens and his goats and his cows and his couch and his car. He has no identity. Hard to fathom but true. Yet the slave does his job. He wants to do it nice. Why? What does he get from it? Nothing. But it's a fact. A slave gets pleasure of doing it right. Why? Because he becomes so much
much the property of his master. So there's a phrase in Chesidus, He delights in his master's delight. He's so bottled his master, when his master is happy, that's his happiness. So you can be so bottled to the Eivishter that you enjoy the Eivishter's joy. But you by yourself cannot afford to be joyous. Five lines from the end of the paragraph, at the end of the line. Kuf Samaches, first paragraph, five lines from the end. Umizem, Muvan, Gamba, Vedas, Saad, and this explains human beings. Unless you're the biggest tzaddik, the biggest tzaddik could be Basimcha. The rest of us are not allowed. That Gamba Vedas Adam. How is F Shaliyas? How could it be? Bezat Nuis. The Simcha and Adam both join trepidation simultaneously. Behind it. Shemitat Shleimaz Akabal Thor Adam. One is truly brittle to the Abish that Nasa Gam Ina Simcha that could be a joy. Because he knows that this is what the Abishta wants. Shaidei Zen, the Shleimaz Akavan Al Yeh, the Siyas Dira Leyes Barak Batachtenim, with which this class started, you make a Dira Batachtenim. But by the average person, the joy is hidden. Except for tzaddik. According to this Maimir, only tzaddik am allowed to be happy. It says in the Maimir, a Jew in this world is not allowed to laugh. When the Mashiach comes, we're going to laugh. It says, I'm going this. Sadiqam are allowed to laugh. Why? Because Sadiqam are holding the Madrego, the Yasad Lavi. Their laugh, even though it's overflowing on the outside, is not going to bring to a unique Sachitrain. Regular people are not allowed to laugh. So the Rebbe says in this Maim, joy is so important. But for the ordinary person, because of the risks of being too happy, you should contain it. Now you tell me, does this sound like the Lavavich Rebbe? You know. So someone came to me, <laughs> you want to talk about Shkoch Apparatus? We learned this Friday. I sat in my house agonizing what I should teach. So I had a guest Friday night. So I want to ask you a question. Before I had a chance to ask the question, my wife asked me the Chaza de Maimon, which she later regretted because it was too esoteric. And this person's question was on the very Maimon we learned Friday. Can you imagine? It was such a Hashkocha protest. They weren't, he just, they sat and learned, they came to me and said, wait a minute. It's just so anti Rebbe. <laughs> it's true, it is. The Rebbe's, first of all, I want you to know, the Rebbe started talking about Simcha. Chai Elo Tovshin Yud Aleph. The first time that Rebbe made Simcha radical was the first Chai Elo. He spoke about Tshuva Mitech Simcha. It was a revolution. There was no question that the Rebbe has changed the Jewish thinking. You know what the Rebbe said? It says, Oz Oz Yimoli. What's Oz? Oz is eight. The Friedrich Rebbe is the eighth from the Baal Shem Tev. Now we're allowed to laugh. That's This same Maimed that Rebbe said again, I believe in Tovshin Mem Aleph, it's Muga. It's a very different spin. The Rebbe clearly changed. Here it says that be careful from being too happy. The Rebbe says more simcha is a greater solution. You have a problem with Hoylos, Nach simcha. The Rebbe understands our generation better than we do. He understands our Yetzirahs better than we do. And the Rebbe says, What about all of these fears? The fears are well founded. Nevertheless, the answer to the hoyalist that comes from Simcha is only Simcha. Because without it, we don't stand a chance. So this is a mind of our Rebbe, which is really in a traditional spirit. But you see the points. Yid has to be pushed joyous. That's how you reveal the Ebesh in this world. The joy comes from humility. The joy has to be guarded. And the guarding of the joy is that when you have joy, you have a little bit in it. And the whole point of this Maimed, this was Chavah's job, not Adam's job. 
This was Sada's job, not Avram's job. They were supposed to be the mortgage, passion, and to bring into the passion a bit. Okay? 